Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Squad member Ilan Omar is at it again. So at this presser today about the Iranian attacks on that U.S. US air bases in Iraq, she said this. Thank you, Ro. Um, I feel ill a little bit um, because of, of everything that is taking place. And I think every time I hear about, com- I hear of conversations around war, I find my myself um, being stricken with uh, PTSD, um, and I I find peace. While it's true that those who live through war, both military personnel and civilian, are exposed to the possibility of developing PTSD, it's telling when the person claiming PTSD is giggling during a discussion about the casualties in war. Additionally, not all who are exposed to the horrors of war, or any traumatic event, develop long-term or permanent PTSD. Omar's ability to wax jocular while discussing war casualties is presented evidence that she most likely doesn't suffer from PTSD. Further, it's not something that you are momentarily stricken with. You either suffer from PTSD or you don't. From how Omar acted in her declaration, it appears she doesn't. This leads to the conclusion, and an obvious one, that Omar is using the declaration of having PTSD for political purposes, and that is something for which she should be condemned. The voters of her Minnesota Congressional District should be embarrassed and outraged at her actions. The arrogance with which she utilizes the issue of PTSD for her own political opportunistic purposes is beyond shameful, and she owes anyone and everyone who truly suffers from the malady an apology. Let's all remember that PTSD is not exclusive to the military community and or war zone survivors. First responders, firefighters, paramedics, EMTs, and police officers as well as emergency room personnel, doctors, and nurses, are subjected to many horrors every day. From traffic accident victims to gunshot wounds, first responders not only have a front row seat to the most disturbing things that we, as a society, do to one another, they have to engage in rescuing, rectifying, and clearing them away. 
Imagine that it's your job to pick up the remains of someone who was hit by a car on an expressway, or someone who's been riddled with bullets on a city's mean streets. Imagine both victims clinging to life, and your job being to snatch his or her life from the jaws of death. First responders face these challenges each and every day, every time they go to work. PTSD definitely exists in their worlds. So while there may have been a chance, in theory, that Omar could have had PTSD, her giggling suggests otherwise. And there are plenty of people out here with real cases of PTSD who see her for what she is. The enemy is inside the gates. Now as an aside, this is what Hillary Clinton, when she was running for president, had to say about how she would treat the country of Iran. If I'm the president, we will attack Iran. And I want them to understand that. Because it does mean that they have to look very carefully uh, at uh, their society. Because whatever stage of development they might be in their nuclear weapons program in the next 10 years, during which they might foolishly consider launching an attack on Israel, we would be able to totally obliterate them. I'll be right back with my segment on Talk Back with Chuck Wilder right after this. This podcast segment has been brought to you by the Emerald Coast Tea Company, makers of all-natural, handcrafted, exotic blend teas. When it comes to tea, no matter what your preference, the Emerald Coast Tea Company has a tea or tea blend just for you. Order yours today at emeraldcoastteacompany.com. The following is a rebroadcast of a segment on Talkback with Chuck Wilder. Broadcast from Hollywood Hills, California, and syndicated nationally on the CRN Digital Talk Radio Network. Everybody's talking at me. CRN Chuck Wilder here. Hey, let me tell you about my guest, Mr. Frank Savato, managing partner of TRR Consulting Group, LLC. That's a Organizational Media Strategies Group. He's host of the Underground Podcast, as heard on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are heard. His writings have been recognized by the U.S. House International Relations Committee and the Japan Center for Conflict Prevention. His analysis has been published by the American Enterprise Institute, the Washington Times, Accuracy and Media, and is nationally syndicated. Mr. Savato appeared on the O'Reilly Factor back on Fox News. He's the author of six books examining internal and external threats facing our country. And uh, by the way, you can hear Be Heard Twice Weekly, and that's on the Captain America's Third Watch radio program syndicated nationally on the Salem Broadcasting Network and Genesis Communications <laughs> affiliate stations. All right. I think I got it all in there, Frank. <laughs> it's uh, it, it was uh, it was the lilt of the master coming off of your tongue. <laughs> well, time for a break. We'll be back. Oh no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you the things that are going on. Uh, you wrote this article recently, and and we can talk about anything you want to, and about uh, it. Uh, but we're going to get to your article, the pig ignorance of Tim Kaine. And it's funny, you know, I wonder how many people say, Tim Kaine, Tim Kaine, wasn't there a little movie about him? No, Tim Kaine, Democrat, Virginia, remember that guy? Remember a lady named Hillary that uh, 
ran for president and picked a guy named Tim Kaine as vice president. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was the vice presidential candidate, <clears throat> and uh, he was the gift that kept on giving during the campaign yeah. whenever he got in front of a microphone. Well, let's get into this uh, article that you posted, and uh, then uh, towards the end here, when we're running out of time or whatever, we can talk about everything going on in Iran, uh, and I got some comments on that. I, you know the plane that crashed is my, my main con, uh, con, thing that I'm thinking about. The plane crashes, and it's around the same time period, you know, they're firing the missiles that are not hitting where they're supposed to hit, and they can't figure out how come the plane blew up. And I'm thinking, could it have been? I mean, who knows? You know, I wouldn't trust. I wouldn't want to be those guys launching the missiles in Iran because they don't seem like uh, they know where they're going. But then again, maybe they're absolutely sure where they're going. I don't know. But we'll get. No, to that, I, right? I, I, yeah, I think ahead. they had they had some saber rattling that they had to do after the killing of Soleimani. Oh, yeah. um, you know, but then again. You know, this is this is a, a Ukrainian. Iran and and Russia are are at a, a standoff when it comes to Syria. So you've got a plane going into the Ukraine, a seven thirty seven going into the Ukraine out of Tehran. Um, there are a lot of questions about, about about that plane and why it came down. Whether that was something to uh, to align Iran more with Russia in the face of what the U.S. did. Whether it was a problem with the seven thirty seven. Because yeah. uh, you know they were so Boeing pulled the pulled the seven thirty sevens, so you know there there are a lot of questions, and it, sadly because it's in Tehran, we're not going to see the uh, NTSB right. over there looking at it anytime soon. And then they had a big earthquake also at the same time the plane was crashing, and the missiles right. were going on. I mean, and they say, well, we have them quite frequently in that area. Okay, I guess. Uh, McCain, uh, Tim Kane. All right. Uh, tell the listeners about the intelligence of this guy, would you? Well, when after after there were a lot of knee jerk reactions about Soleimani after mm-hmm. the uh, after his his dispatch to the netherworld by by U.S. forces. Uh, all of them coming from the left. Tim Kaine was one of the first ones. Pelosi and a couple other people had some resolutions that they wanted to to enter into too. Uh, but the Democrats seem to, in concert, uh, respond by saying, we want to neuter the ability of the president to be able to respond to uh, aggressive Iranian actions uh, by a resolution that reiterates the um, uh, the War Powers Act, or the War Powers yeah, Resolution yeah. from 1973. Um, people, to, to neuter the president when he's dealing with a with a group like the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, which is the mothership for Hezbollah, yeah. you know, is, is is insane. You know, yeah, and, we, and also, uh, yeah, and Hezbollah yeah. is uh, everywhere all over the world and even on the borders of the United States of America. We're going to take a break here real quick, uh, Frank, and then we're going to continue. Frank Savato, host of the Underground Podcast, and uh, I think it's still underground.com. We'll check with that when I come back. Frank Savato, S-A-L-V-A-T-O. Don't go away. Everybody's talking at me. Chuck Wilder, CRN, with Frank Savato, managing partner, TRR Consulting Group, uh, host of the Underground Podcast. 
and uh, talking about the pig ignorance of Tim Kaine and the pro-Iran left. And, you know, it's some people can say, well, boy, we haven't heard from him in a long time. And then you think about, you know, he was uh, Hillary's pick for vice president. And then Hillary, who knows, Frank, she might still jump in there and save the nation. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> let's, let's all pray that that doesn't happen. <laughs> Isn't it funny how they, you know, you mentioned the War Powers Acts and things like that. And, and you just, it's so simple to see the hypocrisy if you just stop and think about it. All the missiles and things that Obama did, you know, and, and he actually, you know, declared uh, Soleimani a terrorist, you know. But nobody seems to want to just confront this, when, like with Pelosi. You don't say, well, how come you didn't do all this when Obama was doing it and when Obama was saying the same things? Uh, hypocrisy. It is unbelievable. And now they're all coming in there and... You know, I'm the expert, and here's what we should do. Do you think Tim Kaine thinks Hillary's going to run again and he's going to be the VP again? I know there's there's some saber-rattling by, by mm-hmm. people around Hillary Clinton who want her to run. She's on record as saying absolutely not. Yeah. At this point, I think she understands the writings on the wall. She's never going to be president of the United States, and I don't think she's going to run. Tim Kaine was fighting irrelevance as was Nancy Pelosi and all of the Democrats in this issue of, of Iran. Uh, when, the, when the news cycle broke away from impeachment and because of what was going on in Iran and the Middle East, mm-hmm. you didn't hear from... You, they weren't putting the microphones in front of Pelosi's face, Schumer's face, any of the propagandists from the left who needed to thump, 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 thump hmm. the impeachment thing. So this is their attempt to find relevance we we need to pass a resolution that limit that checks his power well yeah. <laughs> it, it, when you read when you read exactly what they were saying on this and even tim kane's quote in the in the very beginning says it pelosi doubled down on it it reiterates the war powers resolution of 73 which means he had, the president has to notify Congress within 48 hours when he commits troops or, or, or decisive military action. And he's got 60 days to use those troops in the field if they have boots on the ground before they have to terminate without congressional mm-hmm. approval. Well, he did all that. Yeah. You know, Schumer <laughs> was, was whining about, about not being informed, and all of a sudden he outed himself by saying uh, he has to declassify what he sent us, notifying us that this happened. Well, that means he's satisfied. Uh, the War Powers Resolution of 1973, and he did notify Congress. So, again, these are the camera hogs on the left who are trying to control a narrative that doesn't have anything to do with something that's good for the country. And make no mistake, the the Soleimani get is great for the country. Before Al-Qaeda and 9-11, Hezbollah was the number one terrorist group killer of American troops, civilians, and, and attackers of U.S. assets around the world. So, you know, he was the ipso factor leader of Hezbollah. Uh, to take him out, that's a great get. Might even be just as important as the bin Laden get. And what did uh, Pelosi say, that it was disappointment? She, she said it was yeah. disproportional. Well, I don't know how taking out a terrorist leader One. in any fashion <laughs> is disproportionate. Yeah. I mean, that made no sense. It's like, how many American lives are you equaling to uh, Soleimani, you know? That's the way I looked at it. Like, you know, to do all this uh, damage, uh, damage, they killed one guy, you know? 
I, I wasn't quite getting it. And, you know, the other thing is if, uh, if, oh, if uh, Trump followed what they want him to do on an, any announcement concerning war and all that, <clears throat> number one, you'd have uh, pencil neck shift, you know, looking for a microphone and a camera so that, you know, he could get the word out. And then you might have part of the jihad squad calling up Iran on the telephone saying, hey, here's what's coming. Oh, of course. This is, and this is what happened during the Obama administration. Whenever we were going to take action against someone like Iran, when, when Obama's hand was forced and they had to do something in the Middle East that was going to uh, confront people that he was actually cajoling the whole time he was in. You don't give someone $150 billion in cash and mm-hmm. say that you're drawing a line in the sand. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think know, even Trump mentioned the other day that uh, I think Trump actually said a statement uh, a week or so ago about that he stepped over the line. Does that ring a bell oh, with you? Just stepped over the line. He he demolished the line. Yeah, kicked it, messed it up. You know, when when <laughs> when you have when you have someone <clears throat> telegraphing your your positions and your tactics, and this happened all through the Obama administration, he would literally get on television and tell our foes what we were going to do. We're going to we're going to remove troops in in Iraq in 150 days. Mm-hmm. Well, then why do I attack anything? I wait for 150 days, wait till you leave, and then I take it all over again. It, it, it does not take someone to graduate West Point to understand that telegraphing your position and your tactics is stupid. So it, the, the Iranians were under the, uh, the the misconception that Trump was all bravado. Well, now now they know. Yeah, I know they had to make some kind of move, the Iranians, and the Alatollah said, yeah, you know, uh, to save face. Uh, and then I'm thinking, okay, he fires the missiles, and, and you know, and they miss, uh, miss doing anything really bad. And it's sort of like, is, is he saying, look, our missiles will go this far, so watch out. And then, I don't have the report in front of me, I'll find it in a moment, but <clears throat> the report that they put out, 80 U.S. troops killed, uh, half the base destroyed. Did you see that one? Yeah, and that's, uh, as a matter of fact, in the, in the president's address this morning, it was, it was, uh, it was clarified that there, were, there was no damage, yeah. no, no, no significant damage to the base, and no one was hurt. <clears throat> you you know, know, so and, they're, they're going to yeah. propagandize to their people the way they have to to save face. That's, that's something mm-hmm. that's very important in the, in the Islam, Islamo-fascist culture. Uh, it's, it's full of bravado. It's very arrogant. So yeah, they're they're gonna they'll propagandize the way they have to propagandize. But you know, it, if they would have destroyed that base and killed American troops, do you think that we wouldn't be watching breaking news right now about about airplanes and taking off from the USS Harry S. Truman and our submarines launching missiles? Yeah, or even the whatever the mother of all bombs. Remember when he launched that one? Yeah, uh, boy, I'm trying to think here what I was gonna. I'm, I, just lost it again. There it goes. And and, uh, and, and for the record, uh, I don't believe that the Moab landing on what used to be the U.S. Embassy in 1979 in Iran would be all that bad of a thing. Yeah, really? That embassy is now the headquarters for the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps. Do you want to send a message? Leave a crater there. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, kind of funny. Two things. Number one is, uh, you know, he's so much better, the president, when he's not having to do every word on the teleprompter. 
because you watch his uh, rallies he does, you know, and I was thinking when I was watching it this morning, uh, you know, boy, you know, I, I just wished he would just be himself, you know, and I know you've got to rely on notes and things like that, uh, but he, he seemed very stiff, really stiff. The other thing was, uh, you know, they announced, well, the president says he's going to give the address in the morning, and what I did is because, you know, I had to prepare for this show before I go on and everything here on the, on the West Coast, and so I was uh, taping, you know, Fox from like 6 a.m. because that's <laughs> 9 o'clock New York time. I didn't want to miss it. And then the thing comes on at 9.30 my time. <laughs> I'm going, yeah. wait a minute. They'll, boy, those Democrats, there'll probably be a hearing because he didn't do it in the morning. It was 30 minutes into the afternoon, I guess. Something oh, like I'm, that. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure either, either Talib or Ayak will be out there screaming yeah. he lied to the American people again. You know, that's, that's you think there was anything I, again, behind? I'll go, back to the, yeah. I'll go back to the term "pig ignorance." That's the pig ignorance of the of the uh-huh. radical left mm-hmm. of the Democrat Party today. I, but seriously, I was I was really wondering. I wonder what's holding up that speech. You know, and I wonder if there was uh, like a new development coming out. That's what I was really waiting for. Like, well, we have some more news here that we've been uh, evaluating, or something like that. But uh, I think <laughs> I took uh, yeah, made an anthill. You know, out of nothing. There. Yeah. It was it was probably tweaking to the speech and 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 quite honestly he may have been doing the business of the nation. Oh, I, 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 I I mentioned that he should have be, that he needed to go before the American people. I was hoping it was going to be a prime time address. That would have been a, a wonderful use of the bully pulpit of the Oval Office. Yeah, uh, he hasn't yeah. done one of those. So you know it's 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 time, especially with with this issue. If Iran decides to do more, and believe me. When you saw what El Shabaab was starting to do over in Africa, Hezbollah has been unleashed. The Mahdi army is now mm-hmm. back in in full swing in Iraq. I don't think we've heard the last from Iran on this. Uh, this will be a, a litmus test moment for Donald Trump. If Iran unleashes Hezbollah and we start seeing attacks against U.S. assets in the Middle East increase significantly, and he doesn't do anything, there's going to be a lot of disappointed people because yeah. I think the American people have had just about had it with Iranian saber rattling and Friday chance of death to America. Do you, by any chance, know who the next guy is? I did some research on him. He used to be the guy who was uh, who was heading up operations for the Iranian Revolutionary Guard in, in the in Southeast Asia and Asia where Soleimani was kind of focused on the Middle East and Northern Africa and Europe, uh, where strategic alliances were concerned. Um, look, for the, look for the new guy to have some very bold statements, because he's got to prove himself. Mm-hmm. He's got very big shoes to fill over there where the, where the radical Iranian uh, population is concerned. He's got to come out sounding like he was even worse than Soleimani. But I don't <laughs> think he's... Uh, he, I don't think he's an equal to Soleimani. Soleimani yeah. is uh, someone who is who is revered in the circles of darkness, uh, to put it lightly. You don't and think uh, he did have many, a strategic uh, mind for terrorism. Too many of those Iranians holding their hands up saying, hey, I want Soleimani's job. Come on, come on, give it to me. No. Well, <laughs> now, let's, let's remember that when you're looking at the Islamo-fascist culture, dying is a good thing. They're, they're going to see Allah. So oh, you know, yeah. Soleimani, he wasn't, you know, Eh. You know he's he's the yeah, one that's his, true, his, yeah. his virgins. He's not he's not upset, and so that's not a a deterrent to the job being marked for assassination by the left. 
you know, and yes, and I use the word assassination because I'm talking in the context of an Iranian who wants to become Soleimani. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, so it's it's not that's not a deterrent. The death is not a deterrent to a hardcore true believer Islamofascist. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so now they're going to have sanctions. Uh, I just heard the word mentioned, but I uh, didn't have a chance to find out what those sanctions are going to, uh, you know, and in, be involved in. Uh, but I do know that uh, that people are talking about, you know, secondary sanctions, uh, which are are dealing with trade. All right, that, and whenever you do that, uh, they were using the word that uh, secondary sanctions are actually potentially deadlier than atom bombs. Because what happens is if you put a, a certain sanction on a country, then anybody who deals with that country, as far as the United States is concerned, can have no trade with the United States. And that seems to be a pretty uh, pretty good deterrent, don't you think? Well, it's a fantastic deterrent for the Western world. When you're when you're talking about uh, China and you're talking about Russia, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, they're they've they're, they're big enough to be able to say so what? And then they can they can solidify ties that just brings Iran into that fold. Now, with the trade deals that uh, that China is signing with the Trump administration right now, that may be less uh, to a lesser extent with China. But remember, when you're talking about sanctions in Iran, you know there were supposed to be international trade sanctions against Iran all the way back, and we found out that France was doing food for oil. You know, and yeah. they're supposed to be an ally of ours. So I, you know, it's uh, sanctions. It depends on on whether everything is above board and on paper. Otherwise, a wink, wink, and a nod, nod, and you can see black market trade happening with Iran in order to fuel their economy. Um, even if it's even if the economy is hurting, they don't care. A totalitarian regime doesn't care if their economy is hurting, because when the people protest, they just send the besiege out and they start killing them in the streets. Yeah, and I guess Soleimani, he was uh, responsible for killing about 1,500 civilians in the protests that they had. Uh, it might have been a year ago. I, I know for a fact it was last year or the year before. Uh, but yet the Democrats, you know, I mean, my, they are, how in the world can they not realize how un-American all of these little uh, suggestions that they're making not just on Iran, but on the United States in general. It, it's like, uh, do they want to lose? It's unbelievable. They look at anything that they can that, that can be. If Trump could tell them it was high noon and the sun was blazing, and they would say it's midnight with a full moon. Yeah. So it's it's not. They're banking on the short attention span of the American people. Being it's, uh, they come out, they attack the president. They have to take the opposite mm-hmm. side that he's on. And they, and they try to they try to capitalize on the, the, on that in the short term, banking on the short attention span. I don't think the American people's attention span, at least the people who vote, the people mm-hmm. who understand the issues, and and who 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 weigh the different candidates that are out there in different positions, they don't have a short attention yeah. span. Well, I'll tell you, uh, the the guest I have next hour, Alex Newman, he's co-author of a fabulous book. It's called Crimes of the Educators, How the Utopians Are Using Government Schools to Destroy America's Children. And they have accomplished that because I'm telling you, you watch a man on the street interview and they are dumbed down. And I'm thinking... No, no, yeah. no doubt. 
you know, yeah. you, you've seen the interviews out there, and there's there's a couple of them on YouTube where they're going on to Ivy League campuses and asking mm-hmm. asking students about socialism yeah. and communism, and they can't find anything bad with those two ideas. And the Statue of Liberty, yeah, we'll tear it down. Where's it at? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy! All right, we're going to continue in just a moment. More from Frank Savato, host of the Underground Podcast, Underground.com. We'll talk more about that. By the way, the one that was given all those death reports about all the Americans killed was the, believe it or not, the Supreme Leader, Alatollah Ala Khamenei. Yep, unbelievable. He ought to join the Democratic Party. We'll be right back. Everybody's talking at me. CRN, Chuck Wilder, with my guest, Frank Savato. Hey, and real quick before I forget, it's uh, undergroundusa.com, right? Yep, it's undergroundusa.com. Okay, it was, uh, we, we, we got, uh, with, the, with the demise of the New Media Journal, because a lot of listeners will remember me from that, yeah. uh, Facebook did a good job of putting a sword in, the, in that publication's neck. We wow. decided we had to go underground, just like the underground <laughs> of the... Uh, of, of World War II because we're we're fighting an ideological battle here that's uh, with the uh, with the culture hanging in the balance. Yeah, you know how I was talking about how uh, maybe uh, uh, Iran shot down those planes because they don't know how to fire their missiles and all that. And uh, <laughs> so Mike at CRN is saying that uh, the New York Times is now reporting that Iran will not turn over the 737 black box to Boeing. Oh, I'm I'm certain of it. Um, if if for no other reason, they're scared that that uh, that Boeing would would propagandize the findings. Um, but oh. you know, that's why I said there's a lot of there's a lot of questions surrounding that one that we'll probably never know the answers to. Uh, we'll see if the Ukrainian government <laughs> starts screaming about this, and they should. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and going back to uh, you know the Obama era, you know that whenever they were running for re-election. <clears throat> Part of their strategy was uh, they were hyping the fact of killing bin Laden and Alawaki as part of their re-election strategy. Uh, hypocritical. Man, I tell you, it, it just bugs me to death. Oh, yeah. And this, this is, they're attempting very hard to downplay how ruthless Soleimani was. And, and that cannot that cannot go unanswered. This is one of the most ruthless terror leaders that that the Middle East has ever known. And and P, and the American people and the people in the West need to understand it. I believe Europeans understand it a little bit more than we do. But our media over here has been running interference ever since his get uh, to the point where they almost want to canonize the guy. You know, he wasn't a revered elite leader. He was a bloodthirsty terrorist who was the head of Hezbollah, which is one of the most far-reaching terror groups that there is. They've got footholds in South America, Southeast Asia, all through the Middle East. They've got foot. They've got organizational structure here in the United States. So this is a significant event for for downgrading terrorism globally. And where the mainstream media should be explaining that to the people, they're propagandizing for the Iranian mullahs. Yeah. And, and the New York Times, I'm trying to think, who was it that we killed that they said he was a uh, proper scholar gentleman or something like that? Does that ring a bell? <laughs> <laughs> 
any anybody that's probably on death row. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's New York Times has ceased ceased being a credible a credible non biased news organization from before uh, Obama was elected to office. They yeah. they need to be recognized as something that promote leftist views now. Um, you know, they're, they're, hey, they're still a newspaper, but they need to be a newspaper for the left. Well, I'll tell you, Frank, uh, you know, uh, the American people, if they're watching the mainstream media, all right, or reading the New York Times or Time magazine and so many others, you know, and, and a lot of hometown newspapers, you know, they're getting their feeds from uh, the left also. So, mm-hmm. you know, you look at their headlines and think, my God, even they even they are saying it. But then look at the source, see. So that's why we yeah, always could- go to the best, yeah. You, you've got to look at this at, at where the story's coming from, even right. in your local papers, because a lot of AP accredited people will carry Reuters, AP, and and it's it's a central location for yeah. for the propaganda that's coming out. Both All AP right. and Reuters have been caught fabricating things. Got to run. Hey, muchas gracias, Frank Savato. Undergroundusa.com, the Underground Podcast. Frank Savato, S-A-L-V-A-T-O, Alex Newman, coming up next. This podcast segment is brought to you by Broussard's Bayou Grill of Navarre Beach, where the bayou meets the beach. Relax with your friends and family in their Surfside restaurant or listen to live music on the outside deck while enjoying their weekly drink specials and a full menu of tasty delights. Broussard's Bayou Grill of Navarre Beach, located at 8649 Gulf Boulevard in Navarre. For more information, log on to www.broussardsbayougrill.com. That's B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D-S, bayougrill.com. Or call 850-396-6098. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe, like, and share our podcast with your friends and family. This podcast can be heard on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and TuneIn, as well as on podcast platforms like CastBox, Podcast Addict, Sonos, SoundCloud Spreaker, and Himalaya. This podcast has been a production of the Underground USA Podcast Network. All content is used with permission and exists in the public domain pursuant to the fair use law. You're listening to the Underground Podcast Network.